0: Considering I've been working in fashion for close to two decades, you might be surprised that it took me this long to dedicate an entire Bomb Talk episode to NFTs and fashion. The reality is that I think there are a lot of designers, founders, and brands that are getting it wrong or missing the point entirely. We should begin with the fact that NFTs are fashion, and in my opinion, there are only a few who get it. Not just the mechanics of NFTs, but how to harness the technology in bridging both the digital and the physical. On today's episode of Bomb Talk, we have the legendary Yoon from Ambush, Charlie Cohen of Restless, and Ian Rogers of Ledger, offering three different angles and approaches to NFTs and fashion. I think the future of fashion looks and sounds something like this. Welcome, everyone. We're just settling in here. We'll bring our guests up on stage in a few minutes. Uh, For now, we are just waiting and welcoming everyone into the room. It is an 8 p.m. Pacific Standard Time edition of Bomb Talk by Adam Bomb Squad. I'm your host, Bobby Hundreds. This is a weekly, -weekly, semi-weekly, bi-weekly and sometimes monthly, Live talk show that I do right here on my Twitter spaces, uh, dedicated to NFTs and whatever theme is striking me that week. We've been doing this show now for a few months, actually half a year at this point, and I've covered everything from NFTs and collecting to NFTs in art and NFTs in street art, NFTs in music. Uh, NFTs and the decentralization of media with our friends from Rug Radio. Um, we've introduced you to new projects, women-led projects, your favorite new NFT artists. And I'm actually surprised, if not shocked, that it's taken us this long to do an episode about NFTs and fashion, just considering my background and our background with Adam Bomb Squad. For those who don't know, Bomb Squad is a collection of 25,000 NFTs by The Hundreds. The Hundreds is a globally distributed streetwear brand that we've been running for a couple of decades now. Uh, my partner Ben and I founded this brand in the year 2003, and we're a part of a movement, a streetwear generation. We weren't the inception of streetwear. We weren't the alpha nor were we the omega. We were uh, somewhere near the beginning. And we're part of this foundation, this fundamental uh, uh, aspect piece of of clothing and culture intersecting um, in a way that skateboarding fashion, high fashion, hip-hop fashion or what was known as urban at the time uh, wasn't necessarily addressing and that's something that i feel like streetwear not only accommodated very well but recognized and spoke to and so it opened up an entirely new generation new facet of culture for young people and um, it's been a really fun and exciting game a lot of hills and valleys over the last couple of decades About a year and a half ago, we got really interested in NFTs and crypto culture and what people were calling at the time crypto media or crypto art. And NFTs really spoke to me, you know, crypto in general kind of alienated me, especially because they were born of, it was born of two poles of tech and finance, which I had in the past been somewhat resistant to. They just weren't languages that were native to me, but I understood art and I understood culture, and I understood collecting, and I understood the merchandising side, and even the transactional trading aspect of it on the secondary market. And so NFTs seemed to make a lot of sense. And the more I delved into it, the more I realized that by empowering myself and educating and informing myself about crypto, and recognizing and celebrating the decentralization aspects of it, of the finance part, but just decentralization of everything in building a brand and in cultivating and curating a community. Um, these were really powerful tools that we could use in our streetwear brand in bringing our community together, and really in giving back and giving them the power. And um, that's something that still holds really strong with us today, with Adam Bomb Squad. And so six months ago, when we launched this project, half a year ago, it was really important for us to start this show, Bomb Talk by Adam Bomb Squad, in order to pay this forward and pay it back to our community and the people who were really looking to us for this type of information. As you know, this information has been largely asymmetrical. It hasn't been fairly distributed to all of the corners of different audiences around the world. It's been largely held by specific people in power and specific systems and power structures. And so Bomb Talk is a way for us to almost just have a free-flowing conversation at Town Square, Town Hall of Sorts, but really a school where everyone is a teacher and a student at the same time. Twitter is amazing for this because the information is just moving so rapidly and so freely that we need a forum for discourse and ideas and thoughts to constantly bounce around like pinball machine. And so we love Twitter spaces, especially for this venue, for the technology, for us to be able to host some of our friends from the community to come forward and give us their points of view on how they perceive NFTs, what they understand about them, because the truth is that we're building this definition together in real time if this is your first time tuning in to bomb talk i'm your host bobby hundreds but i'm not the expert i'm not the smartest person in the room i might be the loudest person but definitely doesn't mean i'm the most informed or the most skillful in discussing the topic but i am one of the most curious and i hope everyone is driven by this curiosity i think this is this is the most compelling piece of the crypto conversation is that we're all trying to figure this out together and it's really nice to be working on a project in real time with friends old and new from around the world and in hopes of building a better future for all, a better future for art, better future for culture, for industries and a better future perhaps even for fashion. So I'm really excited to begin today's conversation. If you're just joining us right now, you're listening to a new episode of Bomb Talk by Adam Bomb Squad. I'm your host, Bobby Hundreds. Today's topic is NFTs and fashion. Now, Adam Bomb Squad is a project by the hundreds. We're a streetwear brand. We've been around for almost a couple decades now. But for whatever reason, we still haven't done an entire episode discussing specifically the subject of fashion. I recently wrote an essay that was quite comprehensive and exhaustive <laughs> that you can find on com about my point of view on NFT fashion and metaverse fashion or fashion web 3 and what that could look like. Because I feel like, in my opinion, a lot of people are getting it wrong. Well, these three people that I'm about to invite up on stage, I believe are doing it right. I believe they're doing it right because... Number one, they have the experience. They come from backgrounds where they understand physical fashion, Web 2 or Web 1, or even pre-Web 1 fashion in a way that most people don't. And so this comes as very native uh, to them. And they're quite proficient in the skill set. But number two, I think they're also capitalizing and harnessing this technology, this new Web 3 NFT or even metaverse technology, in a way that very few are seeing or understanding or grasping. You know, when you hear about nFTs and fashion today metaverse fashion it's kind of to me quite redundant it's what I've been calling a hat on a hat dressing up a uh, your PFP or uh, designing a you know a 3d model of of a garment that you might see in real life and it's pretty straightforward but the people who seem to understand this best and I and I trust in guiding us through this space are seeing much more nuance to the technology much more ability much more much more runway and a deeper spirit and so without further ado I'm going to bring up our three guests uh tonight they're joining us from around the world (laughs) and so um Ian is one of these people Ian Rogers is calling in from Paris and we're so grateful uh because it's it's so damn early over there. I think it's like four in the morning. We also have Yoon, the legendary Yoon from Ambush, who will be joining us as well. And we have Charlie Cohen uh, from Restless. And Charlie is uh, a newer character on the scene in some regards, but uh, in this web three space, I believe, um, you know, we're all starting at the at the same time. We're, we're all at the starting line. And so she has a really fresh opinion on on the subject matter. Hey everyone, how's everyone doing?
1: Hey, good morning, Bobby. That's the first; those are the first words I've uttered. I'm having some tea while I say good morning <laughs> to you. It's, it's okay, a,
0: Ian. What time is it in Paris?
1: Five eleven a.m. It's all—it's all good.
0: Oh my gosh, I—I I feel like you're used to waking up early. I feel like you don't sleep much. You
1: get a lot done. <laughs> I do get a lot done, but I, when I was in LA, I woke up earlier. You know, when I was in LA, it was like get up early, go for a run, go to CrossFit. That's not quite the lifestyle here. Here, it's more, you know, sleeping, sleep get to work a little later, you stay to work a little later in Paris. But it's a, uh, it's all good.
0: Well, thanks so much for for joining, Ian. I know it's really early, and Charlie, I know it's your birthday today. Birthday. Is it your birthday? Is Is I've heard anniversary,
2: anniversary. Oh,
0: it's your anniversary. Okay, I got that completely twisted. It's fine. I'll take (laughs)
2: birthday wishes. I'll take any birthday gifts, like whatever's. It's it's, (laughs) yours.
0: It's yours and Andre's anniversary, which is massive. It's your one-year anniversary.
2: It is. It is. Yeah, happy anniversary! Thanks so much.
0: (laughs) Do you want to share with the room? how you and Andre even met and do you want to even get into this? Cause I think it's an amazing story that I love this story. And I, I think it's fitting on your anniversary. We could just, we could just do it for a minute, but do you want to talk about that?
2: <laughs> oh my God. Oh, well, seeing, seeing as this, this level of buildup. Um, so yeah, we, we met on um, a, a Snapchat's tech accelerator um, and then got locked down together during the pandemic um and then yeah had a very a very well wind romance um moved to the UK together got married and here we are one year after getting married that's that's the kind of uh, nutshell rundown (laughs)
1: I love it. Well, well, Ashley, after... Are you in the UK? Because that's an hour earlier than me even. So
2: I am usually in London, which which would be kind of pure hell right now. But I am currently in New York. So it's um, just after 11 p.m. and fairly civilized by comparison.
1: Got it. Awesome. But I still we're...
2: would have got up at 4 a.m. for this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we're also really... Uh, grateful to be in the presence of Yoon, who uh, we are trying to get into the. I, I don't think Yoon has actually ever joined a Twitter Spaces before and and spoken. So I'm actually going to see if I'm I'm going to bring Verbal up on stage, and maybe Verbal can help walk Yoon through this, and we can get her up here together through collaboration. Um, but let's see. Uh, Yoon is asking. I don't see where to accept the speaker request. We're gonna work on this. Let's see here. Hey, verbal, you out there?
3: What's good? What's up?
0: What's good? How are you good, doing? Good, man. We're having te- we're having technical difficulties with the unit again.
3: I am sending her a text as we speak.
0: Okay. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> How you got? We're gonna make it happen. We're gonna make it happen. We're here for you. Gotcha. Awesome. Okay, well, while we're working on this, um, we can begin the conversation. NFTs and fashion, you know, usually when I sit down for these bomb talks, I have a bunch of notes and I have an idea of how the conversation should go. And, but um, I, I wrote down a few loose things, but I kind of just wanted to leave it up to the guests on stage just because I feel like you have a more firmer grasp on the subject matter, especially you, Charlie, we can begin with um, – if you don't mind sharing just a little bit about what you're working with, with Restless and also maybe paint a little bit of the background of the Charlie Cohen story.
2: Yeah, of course. Um, So I started, I guess, what would now be considered a metaverse brand about a decade ago, um, starting with physical fashion, but I was really interested in virtual world building um, and got into AR and VR tech really early. So We were doing um, London Fashion Week, but also working on creating these immersive virtual experiences that everyone could participate in because I didn't like the kind of exclusivity that was leaving out so much of our community during Fashion Weeks. Um, And I also loved how kind of deep we could get into building story worlds um, with AR and VR tech. Um, So I was doing that for a while. From there, kind of uh, evolved into working more with the gaming industry. And that's when I really started to explore the potential for digital assets and having uh, in-game skins with physical counterparts Um, and so we were doing a lot of these collaborations especially with um, licenses where we were working with multiple um, game spaces and social spaces to have versions of a wearable Um, so trying to tackle interoperability um, but obviously it wasn't really you're kind of it was the same design but as a as a customer, you were having to go into each of these different spaces um, and sort of the physical store, the ecom, to to buy each of these versions of a garment through each of these different kind of purchase flows. So it was really convoluted. Um, and from a like brand perspective, like, I mean, you, you like you know how it is with licensing, uh, having to add like all of these different um activations and types of product to a licensing partnership was a nightmare um, so I was I became quite sort of obsessed with trying to figure out this interoperability issue um, and that was how I really fell down the NFT rabbit hole so I kind of was started to explore NFTs as a, a tech to be able to get around this issue um, and through that just started to Discovered the community, um, the ethos and philosophy around decentralization, um, and it just sat extremely well with me. Um, so, uh, as yeah, I, got, I got sort of deeper and deeper into this rabbit hole, um, and through that, started to build my new company, Restless, um, which is really focused around interoperability and allowing people to come in create custom wearables using licensed IP, both Web3 native, so working with projects and Web3 native artists, but also traditional IP, like music industry and pop culture, to be able to design those wearables, mint them, put together uh, a bundle of different environments that you want to have a version of that for. So depending on where you socialize, where you game, and whether you want a physical version, you can curate um, an interoperable personalized garment for yourself. Um, so that's that's kind of the the overview
0: is your idea um your notion of web 3 especially the metaverse uh, tied to this philosophy of interoperability is that the the most critical piece of it to you
2: i mean interoperability and ownership which which go hand in hand um so you know the issue right you have game skins which are a multi-billion dollar industry and um, you know, it's used as an example a lot obviously it's like it's part of the, uh, the Vitalik story as well of uh, how he started getting interested in decentralization he had all his like skins in a game and then lost them all um, so the idea that you're you know you're buying you're buying these digital assets but you don't actually own them um, which is which I think is really problematic um, I mean, all of all of us here probably agree that that's very problematic. Um, so solving that issue, um, but also there's, you know, the idea of a metaverse is that you're able to uh, port between different verses, like eat different ecosystems. Um, so the portability of your digital assets is also really vital.
0: Yun, we got you in the room. Hi. We did it. <laughs> Wait, is
4: my mic connected?
0: Yep. We can hear you okay. just fine. So yeah, especially uh, what we, re- we all collectively realize at the same time. And Will X Ham, our community leader, uh, pointed it out. He's like, I bet you she's on her computer right now and not on her mobile. And so we got it. We, we dialed it. Um, we'll welcome you. And thanks so much for joining. Uh, you're for out- having
4: me.
0: You're in Japan right now?
4: Yep, I just stepped back um, a few days ago from London. So I'm in Tokyo for a few more days and I'm off, I'm off to Milan.
0: <laughs> nice. Uh, we uh, had a chance to speak yeah. with Verbal last week and hopefully you get to chime in a little bit more tonight. But uh, I get, I'm curious myself, yeah. just for your journey into NFTs and you're a fashion maven, uh, we can get into your history. It's going to be long. You've done so much with Ambush. Uh, But what was it about this space in particular that resonated with you?
4: Uh, I'll be honest, to be... Well, I think it was during COVID that it really hit me hard on how like an unforeseen like situation can kind of like stop all of us. I think especially if you work in fashion, it was kind of, it was a really tough time because it's more than just designing. It's more than just like, you know, making things. It's a the supply chain to like customers not being able to go to stores to like everything just got put to stop, right? And I started to like think like, okay, well, I mean, one day we might go back to it, but is there another way to to kind of create contents that can connect this physical world into digital world? And also create a space where like, you know, um, our customers and potential customers can come together and enjoy things without being kind of like hit, like hindered, does that make sense? And that's, that's when I started to kind of, you know, look into the Web3 technology and also like kind of start to learn more about like the NFT and how like so many ways you can kind of use that token to um, bring content into this space.
0: Brilliant. Yeah, I think for many of us in the room, especially just in this space, we gravitated towards NFTs Web3 because the pandemic pushed us there. I think you touched on something that is really interesting as well. Something a lot of people, especially consumers, might not think about just from a brand standpoint of view is the supply chain issues we ran into over the last few years, which are in some ways got a little bit alleviated, but in some ways are still Pretty bad, and might be even getting worse. Yeah, and this is something that NFTs can address quite well, right?
4: Yes, and I think um, I, I mean, because even if you don't have this web three or even like NFT, let's say, I think it's hard to quite understand how fashion is created. Like you know, from the the first step of coming out an idea to like delivering to the customers, and you know, in, in how it ends up in the closet, I think people don't really understand all this delicate step that needs to take to um, like literally end up in someone's closet, right? And I think that's something that, you know, if, if people don't know, like, you know, I'll just kind of quickly go through it. But, you know, coming up with ideas is one thing, but, you know, there, even within this fashion, right? There's like jewelry, like apparel, there's so many different categories. And I can only think of the apparel and jewelry because that's the area that I work in. And then we start going to you know, shoes and bags now. But basically, you come up with, you know, you make the collection, you take the orders, and then, you know, you produce them, which takes months. And it's not just always in our same location, right? Geographically speaking, some are made in, you know, Japan, to Italy, to like so many different other countries. I mean, we gather all those things after it's made, and we check the qualities all back in the same, you know, uh, warehouse, wherever it's going to be shipped out from. And then we ship to the, uh, it's like, you know, the, the wholesale accounts to direct to our own stores and, and from there, all the marketing, everything that goes into it. And then this, um, and then the sales like roll out during the season and, you know, customer picks it up and then they, they wear it and then they, you know, that's how they bring it home. So like this, this process is, I think if you work in the industry, you understand how, like, you know tough and back and forth i mean like back to back this is because i think people tend to look at the surface of the more glossy side of what fashion is um and uh, just the end product of it but and and i i do love making things but after the pandemic what really hit me hard was that there's part of us i think is to be it's still going to be affected in terms of how we can even if you do want to make certain things in a certain places, which was much more easier to do previously, are not going to be that easy, and that really got me into thinking: is there a way to make these things maybe not in a physical form, but and in, kind can of interpret it into the digital form, which is even more liberating if you think about it, because we're not bound by like you know real humans or like materials or anything, because you can pretty much. I mean there's a limitation to what you know uh I guess technology can kind of translate in terms of like textures or all that stuff but that's just a matter of time that technology will develop but it's in a way quite free to think like you can kind of express all these things in the space and um and and that got me super excited and but the thing is We're still really early, like, you know, always tell people that, you know, there's no rules, there's no like, you know, one set way of doing things. Everyone's like, new to this space. We're all discovering, we're learning about this. But what we as Ambush is um, doing right now is connecting like, you know, what we've been doing past 10 years and what we're building right now and how we can slowly build that into more of an infrastructure bigger infrastructure of who we are for the future, like very near future, and how they can coexist in our own universe. So, for example, um, we we rolled out our metaverse right after we dropped the POW NFT, and that was just about a month ago. And within that, actually, there was a pop-up that we just rolled out all around the world in London to Istanbul to Seoul, New York, and we just did one in Dubai, and and on um, Berlin and Germany. But the thing is that the pop up that we've been actually working on was like started in the last June. I think that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand how long it takes to actually work on these things. And then the metaverse that we built was actually came much later, but we were able to execute it much quicker. So, but what I wanted to say is that you know, I but if we connected in. We we connected what we're showing in the metaverse, um, and we, we reflected it into our pop up space. It's almost like they get to come, kind of witness what glimpse of just like tiny glimpse of what is possible in this digital space, um, without any limitation at this point. And and we're trying to see how we can connect that, and from from that point, uh, you know, we want to just go into something much more crazier.
0: Well, you're doing it, and. Herbal and Yun Yun, um, I've always led the way in so many regards. And it's just really amazing to see you on the front lines of this technology and fashion once again. And speaking of being on the front lines of tech and fashion, Ian, Ian, if you don't mind uh, jumping up on stage really fast. And for those who aren't familiar uh, with Ian and his repertoire and his history comes from – Apple Music, from Topspin, being a founder, um, being the former CDO of LVMH, uh, which I do want to talk about, um, but also your latest foray into Ledger, being the chief experience officer there and 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 leading the charge and charging the lead. And so um, I know you've been listening to Yoon and you're listening to Charlie up on stage, but you have also been... Intensely scrutinizing and considering digital landscapes and fashion for a number of years now in your career, and driving that especially over at LVMH. What is your perspective on NFTs and fashion right now? Whether it's metaverse fashion, or whether it's just utilizing smart contracts or the what, the utility of the blockchain uh, to facilitate fashion. Like, what does it all look like to you, Ian?
1: You know, so we we had this Paris Blockchain Week uh, here last week in in paris and i did a a number of things with lvmh i'm super lucky because i i joined ledger just over a year ago and but but i've stuck with uh with lvmh as well i'm still uh consulting with them and it's it's really i mean it's just nice because it's fun they're they're going they're they're going through it and they're learning it and 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 i get to follow along i'm also still on the board at at dr martin's so I, i keep a foot in the in the fashion world um even though what my day-to-day is is you know at at ledger and you know for me there's this this long continuation i i grew up in indiana skateboarding um i'm almost 50 now so but you know i grew up with skateboarding and punk rock i dropped out of grad school in 1995 to go on tour with the beastie boys and and was a you know was was a part of grand royal um during during those years and then did digital music for 20 years before coming to LVMH so for me like all of these things fit together when I got to L- LVMH I realized that you know luxury was you know which which was not something I, I was a I was not a I, I knew more about streetwear than I did about luxury but but even that you know I I was the the person that you know when I was the CEO of beats music I wore a black sabbath t-shirt and vans to work every day I was not you know, a fashion of a, a fashion maven at, at any point. So when I got to LVMH, I really had to get my head around. You know, who are the customers of all of these brands, and and that's not just Louis Vuitton. You know, you're also thinking about brands like Aqua Di Parma, and you know the the uh, you know the brands of of Hennessy, etc. And but I realized at some point that it's it's all the same actually as what I grew up with. That you know, wearing a Thrasher t shirt in 1986, um, and wearing a Slayer t shirt uh, you know, in, in 2002 and, you know, carrying a Louis Vuitton bag, were actually the same thing because what it, what fashion does is it helps us say which tribe we're a part of, um, you know, and, and what's the difference, you know, between doing that with a handbag and doing that with a moonbird on, on Saturday evening after the, you know, after the drop, right. You know, the, this is what we do as human beings. We want to be a part of something, whether it's a religion or a crew or um you know a, a tribe, we, we just have this this natural instinct to to be a part of something. And you know, you you referenced the pandemic, which I think you're right, has been a, a big accelerant here. But the reality with or without the pandemic is we we live digital lives. You know, just look at the at the screen time on your phone and you know and and look at us now. We're in we're 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 all over the world having this conversation. We live under uh, under different governments and and those governments are frankly irrelevant while we're having this conversation right now we're, we're not in we're not under nation states right now while we're having this conversation. We're under network states And and so what you're doing with your nfts really is saying which tribe are you a part of you know, in your your nft my my bomb or my proof collective membership or my quantum la membership These are all like passports in a way um, because they they signify um, you know, exactly what it is I'm a part of. So, you know, I think of course our, our digital lives are going to have their own economy. Of course, our digital lives are going to have their own collectibles. And of course our digital lives are going to have their own fashion. And I really think that when you think about metaverse, that, that your stuff is going to be, it's table stakes. Like no one's going to be in a metaverse, you know, as Charlie was saying, you know, you're not going to be a part of a metaverse that you can't, take your stuff into that's that's step 1 right so you're you know if web 1.0 was username and password web 2.0 was log in with facebook log in with twitter log in with google and web 3.0 is i've got my wallet i connect my wallet my wallet has my belongings and and that's how i show up you know that i'm going to i'm going to have you know whether it's my character or you know my access or the groups that i'm in you know, having, you know, bringing, bringing the things that I own to the picture are, are, are the, are the table stakes. So I, I think this is the biggest thing that's, that's, you know, th- that what you, the way to also think about this, don't think about NFTs, think about it as a new technology. What we really have is a, is a technology that gives ownership and sovereignty. Um, and that's, what's new is to have this digital scarcity as a new technology and a new tool. Um, and I think it's going to have a bigger impact on fashion and luxury than on most industries, because as you wrote about in, in, in your white paper, however long ago, Bobby, you know, fashion is not about, you know, keeping warm, right. It's, it's, a, it's about identity and, you know, and, and that identity in these digital spaces is going to be completely different. That's my take.
0: Yeah. Uh, thanks Ian, even for referencing the ABS white paper. And it's also restated in my latest essay about NFTs and fashion, but it's true. You know, most people have, um, historically, we've understood fashion as physical apparel, the garments that we wear to insulate us from elements, to protect us from exposure. Um, But really, if you get down to the core and the essence of what fashion embodies and represents, it's always just been about identity, expression, awareness of self, telling the world who you are, stating to your community, what your values are, what you believe in. Um, and those can all be accomplished through things that don't look anything like physical fashion or physical garments. They can be objects, it can, it can be furniture, furniture can be fashion. And then how you embody and how you represent this online. In the digital avatars that you use for your profile pictures or even the words that you express in a tweet, the captions that you write, a dance that you do on TikTok, that can all actually be arguably fashion as well. And so now we're getting into this metaphysical and existential, perhaps even space of what fashion is and what is real and what is not. Before we get there, I'm going to stop real quick and reset the room. You're listening to Adam Bomb Squad, Bomb Talk. I'm your host, Bobby Hundreds. We do this live talk show once a week once every couple weeks and we dedicated to nfts in a particular topic today's is nfts in fashion we have Yoon from Anbush in the room also with verbal joining us once again we have charlie cohen from restless and you just heard from ian rogers with ledger um and sandy from the adam bomb squad is actually going to hop in really quickly and just to break down how you can claim a free po that's a free nft that comes with listening to today's episode What's up, Sandy? I know we're having some technical difficulties up there.
5: Hey, everyone. Um, hope you guys are having a great time. As you guys, uh, as Bobby mentioned, there is a PO app that is pinned right above. Um, and as he mentioned, it is a free NFT. For those of you who do not have an NFT, this is your way that you could get a free one. Um, so if you just want to go ahead and hit that pin tweet on the form and, he'll, and fill in the special word in honor of our guests that are here, the special code is POW, all caps P-O-W. And check back in tomorrow in our Twitter or Discord, and then the claim link will be available for you guys to claim your free NFT. Um, but yeah, enjoy the rest of the talk.
0: Wait, Sandy, before you go, I do want yeah? to know why we, what's going on with the other pinned tweets because we're trying to pin tweets from Yoon and Charlie and Ian. But oh my it's God, not. they're
5: so bad. I have no idea what's going
0: on. <laughs> <laughs> Something's I think wrong. We
5: broke we're getting rough. We were yes. getting broke. We broke Twitter. We're like, broke I guess Twitter. we broke our API calls and it won't let us post anything, but please make sure you check out all of our guests so you could check out what they're about because all of their projects are dope. They're coming out with great things. Uh, yeah, like we wouldn't we have anybody who is not amazing up here, so please check out their Twitters. Pa- when paging, Twitter does not work. Paging
0: Elon. Paging Elon <laughs> Musk. Please, can, you, can, can Elon do something? Can Elon the dev do something? Um, all right, so... We're just running into a bit of technical issues up there, but uh, thanks so much, Sandy. And we'll we'll circle back around with Sandy at the end to talk about how to claim your free pool app. Uh, Returning to the conversation, we're talking about NFTs and fashion, and we're now getting to the space where when most people think about NFTs and fashion, they're thinking of metaverse fashion. And Charlie touched on this a bit, and I I would love, Charlie, for you to jump back up, and Yoon as well. Um, and, and the way that you are seeing how fashion is being approached by other players right now. There aren't a lot of people doing it. Um, I know a lot of uh, luxury brands and uh, fashion houses are, are starting to experiment, right? We're seeing Gucci do a lot as far as NFTs and fashion are concerned. We just had, uh, you know, DNG has been doing a bunch. We've been seeing um, Metaverse Fashion Week on Decentraland. Um, how do you think of all the uh, the the way that these different fashion designers and players are using the metaverse in fashion? Do you agree with what it looks like? Do you think that they're doing it right, or what can we be doing better? And, and that's a question for everyone in the room, um, but especially Charlie and, and Yoon, and if you don't mind speaking on that.
2: Yeah, of course. Mm. Um, honestly, it's it's a mixed bag. Um, so you have um you have brands coming into the space where it feels quite opportunistic. Um, and I think, you know, we have a very smart community in Web3 that are able to, to see through that. Um, but also I think there are brands that are coming across as opportunistic because they're not really getting the... Um, I guess they're not really getting the right kind of consultancy about how they should approach the space. And they're just... Um, I guess you know fairly enough, assuming that oh we approach this space the same way that we did web two. So we pay for ads, we pay for influencers. This is this is you know this is how it's always been done. So assume we assume that's how it's been done. Um, but then there are brands who are coming in, um, bringing in people from the community to consult um, and getting a bit of a kind of clearer picture on actually how you need to engage with this space in quite a different way to web two um, and also how you need to be looking at a, a longer term partnership with the web three space rather than it thinking of it as a, as a one-off experiment because you know that's the equivalent to I guess as a brand, being like, "Oh, let's experiment with Instagram. We'll do like one post and then leave," and like that's that's our whole Instagram strategy. Um, it's you know it's that that's equally ridiculous in the Web three space where like you know you just do one thing and think that's you know that that's enough. You you've covered Web three. Um, so the the brands that are doing it well, they're working directly with people in the space, collab a lot in a lot more of a collaborative way. Um, And they're also thinking about what they can offer in terms of um, physical experiences um, and just kind of, you know, added ways to become part of that brand's world. Um, I mean, just an example, um, we are, um, so I've been working with, Selfridges and Paco Rabanne and Bassarelli to bring these brands into the space with a with a drop that's going to be coming in the next couple of weeks, um, and the premise behind that is it's using this initial drop to restore the physical archive, so both Paco Rabanne's physical archive um, and Bassarelli's damaged artwork as well. So the NFTs themselves heal over time in real time um, as the archive gets repaired. Um, and it's just this way of kind of connecting physical and digital um, in a way that I think feels authentic to the the Web3 space. It's kind of using the, using the future of tech to kind of restore the past of, of art um, and just, I guess, putting more thought into it than, you know, oh, um, we should probably drop a project because it looks like this space is hot right now.
0: I love that. Actually, Charlie and Yoon, since we're on the subject of, I, I hate this word. This word, fidgetal. this physical. Oh meets God! Digital. Please,
2: please, <laughs> Yoon, Yoon, can you find a better word? Because I feel like I've been like thinking on this for about two years, and still like fidgetol remains. Like <laughs> it's,
0: it sounds like a fidget spinner, a fidget popper. It sounds like something. It's offensive. Be... It's offensive. <laughs> <laughs> when we were. Uh, first entering into streetwear that and people don't remember this but i remember it very vividly there was a season or two where they didn't know what to call this genre of fashion because the word streetwear hadn't been properly commodified or adopted by the marketplace yet and so there was skate fashion and there was urban fashion and so when it was mixing together they started calling it skirbin <laughs> and it reminds me fidgetal reminds me so much of skirbin where we're gonna it's just so cringe that years later, when I like, can you believe that we called it that? Um, in my mind, it's just all fashion. I, I, like, to me, the metaverse is a seamless universe where Web 2, Web 3, digital, physical, it all is seamless. It all makes sense together. And so that was actually going to lead me to my next question for both of you was uh, how important, you know, because sometimes I speak with different players in the space, and when they talk about Web 3 and NFTs, it's, it's really just digital it's like a digital thing it's a digital understanding digital language and we are very much a physical fashion brand at the hundreds we make clothing this is what we do and we love and to me it's so intertwined with what we're trying to build and um, you know, dis- disrupt with Adam Bomb Squad in the NFT space. It's it's They all go together. The utility of the NFTs are to be able to access specific product from the hundreds, you know, to be able to um, have your bombs used on physical clothing and to reap the royalties off of that. I mean, it all seems to make sense together to me. I don't know how or why people are divorcing the two. But do you see that um, in... In the same way, do you think that it's just as important for the physical uh, components of fashion to also play into the Web3 language? Or, or are these two different things to you? Maybe I'm getting it wrong.
2: Um, you do you want to take this one first? I definitely have some thoughts as well, but I don't want to be just taking over the whole conversation.
4: Um, not Listen, we're still humans, right? And we're in a physical form. So as much as we talk about Web3 and all this digital technology that's developing right in front of our eyes, I mean, the physical things are not going to go away for like, you know, probably for decades. Um, and I think digital coming in, it it kind it also helps to appreciate the physical form too. Like in a certain... Human um, artisanal skills to sets that like the technology cannot actually translate, and vice versa. I think that human ingenuity, like there's a limitation to that 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 digital can actually bring too. So from a fashion perspective, I think they can coexist in a really well. Like you know, it's if, if just about you as a creator and the brand finding the right balance and what makes sense to you. And for your brand or whatever the, the, you know, the collection or the creation that you're doing, and, and you just kind of decide what's the, what you want to do with those both. Right. But I, going back to what um, Ian was saying about the identity and then the child and all that stuff. Um, I think the. The metaverse and the immediate access to certain things is also giving customers new way of like consuming things. Otherwise, it was not reachable for um, many of them due to you know maybe it was just it could be a price point, it could be uh you know just literal physical location that they were limited to that they cannot go get it in person. Um, these things are also bringing people together. So I really believe that. That we're still in very, very, very early stage, but the more like everything gets developed, um, it's going to be a really fun ride.
1: Hey, Bobby, if i if I may, I think that that really this digital physical thing, it's it's what in my recommendation brands should be doing first, it, because it's just the most obvious thing. You know, you you we're already at the stage where for you know. Anyone of a certain age, you know, I mean, it's just more value, right? If you give me a digital thing with my physical thing, that's just more value. That's like, thank you. It's also very low risk. You know, it's high risk for a brand to go, oh, we're in the fine art world now. So let's let's auction off, you know, some art and hope it goes, you know, to 50 ETH. You know, that that's only a bad story, no, no matter which direction it goes, because either it doesn't sell for enough and then you look lame or it goes for a ton And, you know, people are buying it at a premium. And then, you know, who knows next year, it's not worth that, right? So, you know, kind of being in the speculation game for fashion brands, I I think is a mistake. Whereas, you know, just doing what it is you do, you know, give people, make great products. um, And when you give people those products or when you sell people those products, have a a digital version of that. You know, not only is it extra value for, for the customer and that they can then take your brand with them you know, in their in their digital lives, which they're probably spending, you know, five to ten hours living um, every single day. But they but you know, they they also, you know, now you have this club, you have this thing where you can go, oh, wait a minute. We have some people out there that have like 10 of these in their wallet. What do we do for those people? It immediately becomes like game theory sort of takes over. Like what do I do for these people that are my super fans? Um, you know, and, and you and you start to build that. So to me, you know, what I'm always recommending to brands is do something because you have to learn. Don't take a huge amount of risk. You know, I mean, if you want to go all in, go all in. But you know, the brands I'm talking to are, you know, our are, are, uh, our luxury brands that take a 100 year time horizon on their brand. They're not going to do anything this year that jeopardizes the you know the long term value of their brand. So they're going to do something that that is uh, that, that's that's lower risk. And and ha- simply having a, a physical, I'm sorry, a digital. Uh, good that goes with your with your physical product is is table stakes i think i think we should all be um industrializing that immediately uh that's 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 my recommendation to brands every single day
4: i i totally agree i honestly like anything when new technology or new like in industry or whatever that emerges like you know it seems like every everyone becomes opportunistic and they want to use it as a marketing term Not but and I understand, like, opportunists, like, usually has negative connotations, but in a fashion space, like, you know, I think Ian knows, but how slow people can be and resistant towards, like, technology, it, in any way, these people can go in and try, just nibble, at least, like, even if it's just one Instagram post, whatnot, and it like, becomes a learning experience for them, I, I'm all for it, and at the end, you know, the more people get involved in trying new forms or even if, even if they're just doing the same format as someone else, I think that's only going to teach the, the, the customers, the user end to see what is actually really good and not too, and it will become an educational tool. So I, I, I totally agree. I think all the fashion brands, like whatever you want to do, just get in and just start like, you know, trying new things um, with this space. I, it's super exciting to me
1: that's exactly what I tell them learn yeah. and, and, you know, but you can, and you can learn without, without, you know, selling the farm. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: I love that. Charlie, I, I think uh, there was something that you were sitting on for a second there.
2: Oh yes. I mean, a, a couple of things. So, yeah. Just, just to follow from like the learning without selling the farm. Um, I think there's, you know, a lot to be said and, you know, brands, who are coming to the space in a good way doing it right like learning before selling anything um just kind of like taking taking some time to research and engage with the community before starting to monetize it is al- already goes a long way um even if the you know the first thing you do drop is an experiment um, it's just kind of showing this commitment to actually getting to, to understand the web3 space um, the other thing was i guess just more tied to looking at physical and digital identity as you know part of this extended spectrum but it's still the same spectrum um so i think about identity in the same way that we now kind of take for granted um communication um so you don't think like okay i'm gonna like stop my like in-person communication and begin my virtual communication it's just like how you seamlessly go through your life and you're doing. You're moving from uh, one space to the other without even thinking about it. Um, And I think, with the, you know, as the metaverse becomes what it's supposed to be, that's how we uh, will manage identity as well. We're not thinking like, oh, I'm going to go from my physical world identity to my digital world identity. It's just this seamless thing that we flow in and out of.
0: I wanted to hop to verbal really quickly but he just left the stage verbal if you can um uh, jump back up if you don't mind uh but while we wait for that i oh yes sorry verbal I, I just wanted to catch you really quickly just because we have you and last week we spoke to you just more on the subject of nfts in asia but obviously as, as one half of ambush you have really decided points of view on this subject as well um So I just want to give you a a quick moment just to speak on how you consider NFTs in fashion and what it means to you.
3: Hey, thanks, Bobby. Everyone was um, saying all the right things. I was just nodding to it and then nodding away and becoming a listener. And now I'm back to speak. So um, thanks for bringing me back up. Um, And once again, thanks for having me on the other day about uh, Asia and NFTs. That was a really important uh, talk. So yeah today uh, I'm just totally you know marinating on what you know Charlie, Ian and you know you and you guys are talking about. and it you know I, I think it just kind of goes back to um, what you said, Bobby. you know you tweeted NFTs are fashion. So it's not really about um, you know like the like the word fidgetal. Yeah I've, I've had a hard time trying to wrap my head around trying to get used to that word and i can't and um for, for me i you know i, I kind of always like think about this because like i said in the last conversation i came into the nft space from vr you know i, I was always into xr and you know applied it to some of my live shows just to let some people know in here that you know I'm, I'm also doing music so you know on stage i would implement these technologies and then when i stumbled into web3 Everything fell into place. So anyway, for me, NFTs are not about, okay, have an NFT and have a physical counterpart of it, which is cool. But NFTs are a category in and of itself, I feel like. So when you have a fashion brand for Ambush, you know, we started with jewelry, but now we have ready-to-wear leather goods, bags, shoes, you know. And I feel like NFTs are just like another category, except it adds a whole community element to it now people have ownership and you know um it's it's kind of like the trait you know a uh, sneaker game except um you know it's it's on the blockchain and it, it it just adds another element of excitement to it and uh definitely um uh with the metaverse it's uh it go it goes very well just because uh, you know, you touched upon it and just to kind of talk about what we're doing, it allows people to, you know, join certain events like uh, we just uh, held this, uh, uh, you know, Pow community event at Coachella. You know, we invited the Pow holders to come in and hang out with us at the 88 Rising Cloud Mansion where I was live streaming um, and, and people were hanging out in our park. Inside our metaverse that's what we call it and it was in this big field people were just chilling just listening to the djs and people performing and you know um we had like jackson wang come through and give a shout out and like you know so forth so it was it was like a cool moment and for for us it's about bringing our world which is not just in the metaverse but in the physical like fashion and entertainment and just uh, making this into a segue um, to bridge both. So, um, you know, Yun's, Yun and I, we always want to try to connect fashion into this whole Web3 space. And this is like the best way to do so. So, you know, we're just super excited and, you know, just touching on what everyone's saying right now. Um, yeah, we're 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 just we just getting started. And, <laughs> and we're also just figuring it out. Uh, on a daily basis.
0: Thanks so much, Verbal. Um, We're actually, I don't know how the hour just flew by, but we're we're kind of nearing the end here. And so before I finished, I wanted to pose uh, one of two questions to everyone on stage, and you can answer whichever one, you can answer both if you want. Uh, Number one is, uh, there are a lot of young entrepreneurial upstarts, young brands, young fashion designers who are in this room listening and who are going to be listening to this podcast later. And um, especially coming from the physical space and they're curious about the technology. A lot of it might not make much sense to them. They might not get the blockchain. NFTs might seem like a scam or might not just uh, resonate with them in a way that is sensible for the brand that they're building. How do you um, advise them? I guess you know what would you suggest for them if they're curious about using NFTs or entering the metaverse or you know thinking about Web3 and, and establishing their brand and, and and creating new designs. Like, what does that look like for them? What do you suggest? The other question I have is, what do you foresee for the future of NFTs in fashion? What do you see happening next? And uh, where do you see the most opportunity? So you can answer either. Do you have advice for young designers and you know, brand owners who are considering this technology? And number two, where does it all go from here? And anyone can begin. I'll
4: begin. Uh, it's quite simple. It's not as complicated as you think it is. We're um, just looking at a tool, right? I think in order to understand how to use this tool, I think you have to understand what you want to build. And you have to be very clear about that in terms of your vision. So, if you're not sure about NFT, I guess my real question will be for you: is exactly what you want to do with your brand? And I'm not talking about like you know what category or you know what the, that those things are, but what is your storytelling? What do you want to do with those products? And where do you want to go with those products in like next you know let's just say ten years? And and have a very clear understanding of that, and then use these things to just amplify it. And I think that's the most correct way. I think if you just look at um, existing projects in, a, in a spaces and just knowing how speedy and demanding and everything is going, I think it, especially if the users and then the people who are not sure about this space can be turned off and also be kind of, you know, easily swayed to understand certain things are better than the other. But there's no right or wrong to me, I think, we're, because we're so early. Um, so with this, you know, whole web three thing that's happening, especially with the fashion related matter, what will make people, um, those who are gonna last long, I think, are the ones who had a clear vision and who really mm-hmm. daily bring the quality over again and over and over. So, yeah, just make sure to know like what you want to do
0: first and then everything else will start to fall into places. I and mean, you of course you have to work for it. But... Thanks, Ian. That makes a lot of
1: sense. What about you, Ian? Completely agree. I mean I think the way to think of it is as a as a tool or a canvas, right? You've got this you've got this new tool, this new invention, you know, and what can you do with that invention? and also agree that it's it's just great because it's it's the early days when things are not yet defined and we and we don't know i mean if you think about whether it's the early days of hip hop or the or the early days of electronic music i mean the early days are always the best because there's no rules yet you know no one can say like oh that's not hip hop you know that was when that happened that was the worst thing that ever happened to hip hop we're there right now with um with 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 this whole you know nft's and fashion thing it, it isn't anything yet it's it's and so it's for, I think anyone who has kind of a creative vision, as you is saying, and they can apply that um, here, it's just it's this wide open field. And you know, not everybody likes that. So I guess a lot of people they they want to know, they want to wait until the rules have been set and you know, okay, tell me the rules and then and then I'll play the game, right? But but I think that you know, you've got this this distance already in fashion between designers who are just about the collection, which is the way it used to be, right? Let me let me make the collection and now, um, you know, and and, and now somebody it's somebody else's job to, to tell people about it. For me, that's much more like the the, the Kurt Cobain approach, right? Like Kurt, Kurt, didn't want, you know, he didn't care if you listened to his music. Whereas to me, the Beastie Boys approach is is much more about carry carrying how things reach your customers. You know, the album cover is important, the music video is important, the lyric sheet is important, the magazine that that you do on the side is important. All these things become you know, part of the culture and part of of these satellites that build. I think that's what Virgil did so well. I think it's what Jonathan Anderson does incredibly well. You know, he shows you what is the culture that surrounds my brand. And if you're one of those one of those designers or brands which is about connection and not just collection, then I think that, that this is the greatest tool that's ever been invented for you um you know i think this is the most exciting thing that's ever happened at the intersection of technology and culture um you know and so I, I think that you know some creative people like yourselves are gonna are gonna show us the way and that that's that's the exciting part and then 20 years from now it'll all be like oh you can't do that you do this you do that and, and you know all of us will be moved on to something else because that's when it gets boring
0: connection of her collection that sums it up pretty nicely. Charlie, before we move to you, uh, Sandy, can you hop right back in? And before the show ends, let everyone know how they can claim their free poet?
5: Of course. Um, let me just go ahead and pin this back up since our technical difficulties ended, and i pinned so much since then. Um, but there's a new pin that's going up that contains a form. And if you guys just could click on it, and. And fill out the form. The special request code that you're looking for is POW in all caps. P O W. Uh, Once you have that filled out, we're going to have these ready uh, for claiming in about two days. It depends on the day, but tomorrow or on Wednesday. So just go ahead and check back in and you could get your free NFT. Hey, Ben.
0: Wow. Ben was up on stage (laughs) for like a hot second. This has been a joke amongst um <laughs> just an internal joke. We've been trying to get Ben up on stage the entire night. And then he just he left he left the room, I think. <laughs> um Ian said something just a second ago about Virgil and when I you know, look, man, when I when I think about all this stuff, Virgil is so early. I mean, this time a year ago, earlier, this January early last year we were in clubhouse rooms talking about nfts um on on stage together with guys like jeff carvalho and um a few i mean just a lot of the earlier players and he had such a such a masterful grasp already on uh, what nfts could be for fashion what he was building i'm I'm so curious as to what that could have been um and so uh i don't know i just wanted to to pay my respects um because of how uh, pivotal he is to to the work that we continue to do and so that was a that's a great loss on many fronts and especially as far as what he could have brought to us um uh, with the technology charlie um it's your turn uh, do you have any advice for people who are getting into this and building a brand or and also what do you think about the future where, where can this all go
2: so I think that you and Ian both gave great advice. Um, like I, I can't really add to that other than you know if there are certain brands and brand identities that are going to suit it better, and if um, the NFT space and the Metaverse gives you a way to. Bring people into the story and inspiration of your brand um, in a way that just can't be done in physical. Then you should you should do it, and you should use those tools to be able to extend that experience. Um, looking to the future, and you know, I'm obviously biased because I'm building Restless based on what I think the future of this space is gonna um, is gonna be based on. I think um, it is like looking at how. How does fashion and visual identity facilitate connection in a digital world when we're in avatar form? Um, so, looking at things like, okay, how do you like? How do you connect with people visually? And really, it's uh, it's around IP and graphics more than anything else uh, because that's the community or the fandom that you're signaling you're from. So that's the immediate easiest way to be able to connect with someone through fashion i think you know in the physical world as well like i know and i use this example all the time but like if i'm walking down the street wearing like a cure t-shirt then i'm gonna have a couple of conversations with people about their favorite cure song it's just kind of inevitable and same thing in the metaverse Um, people really connect over over fandoms Um, and then the other thing is thinking about how we can get clever with um, the sort of tech that NFTs facilitate of making um, connection and socializing more fun in digital um, in ways that you can't really explore in physical. so how do you um, how do you build game mechanics into fashion how do you get rewarded with fashion how do you um, how do you have to kind of collaborate with friends to be able to solve things that kind of maybe change or increase the rarity or increase the value of your fashion um you know how can we use all of these additional like cool tools that we have with uh, virtual world and with blockchain to actually um bring game mechanics into visual identity
3: well
0: wow. <laughs> that was that was a very complete response sorry Thanks, <laughs> no don't be sorry <laughs> um Please, uh, thank you so much for joining us and for um, spending your anniversary with us tonight, Charlie. Oh, You and Andre, I love you both. Happy anniversary. Yeah. (laughs) You know what? I feel like I can actually round off the roundtable tonight because I actually do have something to say about NFTs and fashion on a lot of the subjects I'm here to really just listen, but I'm like, you know what? I actually have something to say. And and really it's just to recap what everyone on stage said tonight. And, and it's, it's also a reminder to me that um, it's actually kind of, I'm stunned by the lack of fashion players that have yet to contribute to this space. And also at how little the NFT space seems to respond to what fashion can mean and, and its purpose and utility can be in, uh, in this world. Because to me, I believe that, you know, these fashion brands, fashion designers, people who are involved in this industry, we ha- we're providing the best utility. And I feel like we are some of the most uh, proficient experts in branding and in cultivating curating communities already, you know, like, um, we were speaking on earlier what verbal was saying and, and i say it all the time is nfts are fashion and elicits kind of a response and it gets a negative response from much of the fashion community a lot of the streetwear community who aren't into nfts when i say nfts are fashion they're like what are you talking about like we're not these you know we're not bored apes or we're not like a moonbird and what i mean by that is that look you know hundreds of years ago there was no fashion there were just loose-fitting robes and garments that we wore. And the technology of tailoring, the innovation of tailoring, pinned the clothing closer to people's bodies and allowed them to express themselves and gave them a sense of identity for the first time. as real human awareness that um, a sense of who they were and how they were differentiated from everyone else in their community. And that proliferated for centuries and te- technology and fashion continued to work together to help express that. Well, now I think we're in a space where fashion um, is being rewritten not only is the technology rewriting fashion but it's rewriting the definition itself and the clothing is being pinned so close to the body now that we're now one and the same we are one and the same with our nfts this is the most purest form of expression of who we are it's the purest artistic movement of what we want to embody and represent to the world And so for me, I don't know what the future looks like. I think it's probably an amalgam of the three people and the four people that are up on stage tonight in this Twitter spaces. If you're listening keenly to the things that they're saying and the way that they are philosophizing about this space and NFTs and what it can mean for fashion, what fashion can mean for NFTs, I think we're probably a little bit closer of an understanding where this is all going to go, just mechanically, aesthetically, and also just spiritually, um, and so um, I just want to wrap it up by thanking everyone on stage. If you missed any point of this conversation tonight, I download it as a podcast. Um, uh, you can you can download it as a podcast. I'll be uploading it. It's all my past bomb talks are wherever you listen to your, to your podcast, Spotify, Apple, or whatnot. Um, and, but the most important thing you can do, if you want to know where the future of fashion and NFTs are going, is to follow these three people, follow their projects. Um, Ledger, uh, we didn't get to talk about it enough or at all, and that's going to come later with Ian and I. We're, we'll be doing another bomb talk down the road just to talk about security. But this is also the beautiful part about Ledger is that I also believe it's going to be the fashion statement of the summer, not just in the NFT capacity or the digital space, but in the physical world. Um, truly a metaverse idea of what fashion can be. I think it's going it's going to traverse all boundaries. We'll talk more about that later. Uh, and Charlie, please check out what she's doing with Restless. She just she's been making a lot of news. So just uh, just Google what Restless and Charlie have been up to and uh, read up more on that. Follow her. And thanks once again to Verbal for joining us tonight, and especially for Yoon. We're really honored. I, I think this was your first Twitter Spaces, Yoon, if I'm not correct. And so, I'm, is it true?
5: Yeah, it is actually.
0: Awesome. I'm, I'm super grateful. Thank you so me. much. Yeah. Um, I, I can I don't even know where to begin in you know listing off all of Yun's contributions and, and her vision for fashion. but um, it's a real honor and uh, the other guests on stage were more than happy to be by your side tonight. And so uh, it was a privilege for everyone to be able to listen to your thoughts on the subject matter and um, we're, we're excited to see where it all heads next. We'll uh, tune in next week, everyone, to Bomb Talk. Thank you once again for joining us on this Monday night or wherever you are in the world, whether you're in Paris early in the morning. Good morning, Yoon. Thank you out in Japan. And once again, happy anniversary to Charlie and Andrew. Andre, we'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.
3: Peace.